Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax. Anything else that's going on, there's a lot going on. Just let that all fall by the wayside. Make yourself available to whatever God wants to be doing in your life, whatever he wants to draw your attention to. And it may just be to go do something else right now. He may not even want to be bringing you into the the discussion about what we're talking about this subject right now. He may have much more important things he wants to talk to you about. Go with that. Go with him. Remember, he knows where you are, and you agreed to it, to the plan, to his plan. You're a part of it. This is not something he's forcing on you. And you agreed because you saw the good that he has for you, the good that's going to come out of this. There are things that, while we're here on this earth, that we are learning and we are developing that I believe he can only do here on this earth. That's why he created earth. That's why he brought us here, is to accomplish his goals. And his goals are our goals. And one of the first things we we learn is to how to hear his voice, how to turn to him, how to depend on him. And then we're we're learning about the different realms, how the spirit, soul and body, how the three all function together and that Because of God's love, he gave his son so that we could be restored in relationship to him. The whole idea of sin and not measuring up to what God's expectations are of us, that can be so distracting. We think we need to accomplish something or or be something or do something, meet some standard when really it's all about you. You are what's important to God. Your soul being restored to your spirit. That's the the task he has given himself, to make you one spirit, soul, and body. Our purpose here is to learn to live and move and have our being as a spirit being. And part of your being, living as a spirit being, is that your soul is functioning perfectly. That's the goal. So far, now Adam and Eve were perfectly functioning That God could not let that continue because they didn't weren't learning what they needed to learn because they already had all their needs met. 
So he gave them a need, a need for control, a need for understanding. But with that need, he withdrew his spirit. And and as he withdrew his spirit, Adam's spirit died and Eve's spirit died. In that day, they died in their spirit. And they received need. They, were, they no longer had all their needs met in their soul. And that's what we've been functioning with, and that's what we inherited, that's what we're dealing with now. And the only interruption between then and now was God sent his only son to restore the ability for all of us here on this earth to have that need finally fully met by having our spirit restored. So don't focus on, oh, we're all sinners saved by grace. You were, but as soon as you were saved, you were no longer a sinner. Now you are a son of God. You are becoming one with him. But you're in his family. You've already received everything you need for life and godliness here on this earth. And he knows what your tomorrow has, what has in store for you, what it holds. And he will have you ready to the degree that he wants you ready. You know, again, we go back to, we think that if we're doing what we're supposed to do, everything will be fine. And, you know, get over that. That's not the case. Don't be evaluating how you're doing based on your circumstances. Because the circumstances you're in are God's most valuable tools to accomplish his goals in our life. We can focus on, again, rather than focusing on how we're not doing, you know, think about it. Your your soul desires so much to control that that's basically something written in your the soul of your DNA, if you will. I mean, the DNA of your soul, if you will. Just as your body has DNA, your soul has basics, has DNA in your soul. And part of that DNA is the need for control. God made your soul that way. Now, our soul, without spirit, tries to control everything. Tries to control how it gets its needs met, its God-given needs met. And there's something about your soul, and we have to start recognizing that overwhelming focus and pull and push and desire of your soul for control is God-given. The focus is the problem. We focus on trying to control God, on trying to control 
ourselves on trying to control our circumstances rather than being available for God to control through us. I'm thinking as he expresses himself through us, it won't look like control. It will look more like authority. When Jesus was walking around, he didn't try to control anybody. He didn't say, you will do this. He said, come after me. But he had the full power and authority of his father. His soul was fully one with his spirit. The, the control that his soul desired, because it was connected to God himself, the father himself, as it flowed through that desire for control, came out as power and authority. So part of what we're learning is to let go of that need of control. Not because that desire for control is going to go away, it's just going to be transformed as spirit flows through it. Very often, the, the need for control in us, we, there's an emotional aspect of that. When we're, you know, when, we, when we're feeling out of control, circumstances are, are such they are, or for whatever reason, there's an emotional response. Then we try to fix it. There's, there's a series that we have learned to try to cope to try to deal with our circumstances. And what we find is very often those things are the very aspects of our actions that separate us from the unity that God is drawing us to. But the more we start seeing that the main, one of the main structures of our soul is control and that God made us that way but that when his spirit is flowing through our spirit through our soul it doesn't come out as control it comes out as power and authority and it will be loving and kind and fierce and effective but it will not be controlling others. It will not be controlling God. It will not be controlling ourselves. It will not be controlling our circumstances. Control is what's left of our soul when power and authority are not present, when God's spirit is not present. That's all we're left with is the need for control. That's all Adam and Eve were left with was, okay, now we have to meet our, our own needs. How do we do that? And they had to start seeing everything that was in their environment. The only thing they were looking for was, how will it serve us? How will it meet our needs? 
even each other. You know, you comfort me, you take care of me. And they they changed how they saw one another. They changed how they saw themselves, they, how they saw God. Because they were no longer receiving the power and authority of the presence of God by spirit. Their spirit had died, and now all they had left was the need for control. So that's something is when you feel that, when you feel the need to control, to control how others think, how others feel, how others think and feel about you, about your actions, about what's going on, you know, the whole idea of correcting other people. That's control. Now, again, it's, it's not that we're going to get rid of control, but that when the spirit is flowing through, it's going to look like power and authority. And that's Jesus raising the dead, feeding the poor, turning the water into wine, turning his world upside down, not because he controlled it. He always controlled it. But because the power and authority were flowing from spirit through soul, through his body, into this world, into this realm. And that's something for you and I as well. So we... We're changing how we're perceiving the whole idea of, you know, um, giving up our rights. Well, this is not about your rights. This is not about your right to, to control, you know, that we don't have any power and, and authority. We're, we're going to have to look, relook at what's important. It's not about out there. It's all about in here. So when we start talking again about our abilities, we, we're going to develop a framework as to how can we start objectively looking at the abilities we already have and how we deal with control and power and authority is a great place to start. So we can look at, let's say, you know, prophecy the gift of prophecy, the ability to prophesy that you have, that I have, that we all have, that every human being has the gift of prophecy. It's not just for Christians. Everybody has it. It's in our soul. It's in our DNA. It's how we use it, if we use it at all. So when we start developing the abilities that we've, you know, we've already identified that this is what God wants you to start working on. When you start using it to control, you're using it out of, out of your soul. When there's a power and authority invested in that pro- prophecy, that's when you can say, okay, now I see God moving. When God does something, it's clear. Clarity to his presence, to his power, to his authority. You don't have to go, oh, I think I you know, sensed his presence. You go, I know. 
I sensed his presence. Think about, you know, Pentecost, when they'd all been waiting for something to happen. They didn't know what. And then there were tongues of fire on their heads and speaking in tongues. That was evident. Now, some people misinterpret it, oh, they're all drunk. But others, they're speaking my language, and I'm from across the, the other side of the world. So we give God the opportunity to express his power and authority as we develop our God-given, solical abilities. And we learn, just as we're learning about our nature in the spirit, we're also learning about our solical, the solical aspect of us, and a little bit, too, about our physical being. Say there, you know, let's take miracles. It's, we, we have a tendency to throw that term around really frequently. Oh, it's a miracle we found the dog, for instance. It's like, no, it's not. You know, you went out looking for your dog and you found your dog. That's not a miracle. But God does miracles. And he does miracles through us. And the whole idea of faith, where does that faith come in? It comes in from our being able to recognize that our soul is the receiver of God's power and authority. That it's not surprising. It's not a special thing. It's not a, an anointing or a gift or a... Uh, you know, okay, something that's going to change the world, a revolution or, you know, um, any, a new movement. It's something that every single one of us has. Is the ability, the solical ability to receive the power and authority of God for anything. If you... Think about it right now and just think about the most outlandish thing, the most wonderful thing that God could do. World peace. Stopping a volcano or an earthquake or a hurricane. What if he wanted to do that through you? It wouldn't be any harder for him to do that through you, but through you speaking and saying world peace. Or hurricane stop, go the other way. And it stops and goes the other way. Or the mountain goes into the sea. But that's receiving the power and authority first. And the power and authority is received in your soul. Now, the difference between you and I, and let's say the disciples that were walking around with Jesus... And they said, you know, they, they were kicked out of the, the village, and they said, you know, they kicked the Christ out. They knew who the Son of God was, and they were all, you know, do you, want, do you want us to take revenge for you? And we'll call down lightning from heaven. Or when he said, you know, when Jesus said, cast the, you know, if you speak unto this mountain to be cast into the sea, it will be cast into the sea. 
those were things he was teaching and they were learning. And remember, he sent them out two by two, and they came back in wonder that the devils and, and the, the sicknesses, diseases, were subject to the name of God. It worked, in other words. And they weren't even spirit beings. They weren't even Christians. They were learning to exercise the power and authority by receiving it in their soul. And they were learning it because they were hanging out with God. God himself was teaching them. Jesus was showing them, this is the Father, this is how he does things. He's saying, this is your soul, it's a vessel. You know, we, we often think of, okay, the vessel is our body. No, the vessel is your soul and your body. But the body's the last thing. The body's the body's like a suit. It's it, you know it's something. It's a it's a, a bag of flesh and and mostly water to contain what's really important. But we need the body to be here on this earth to deal with and learn what he wants us to deal with and learn. Quite insignificant, and I think it's interesting that so many of our, so much of our focus as Christians is on what we do with this sack of tissue, and not really on what's important. And it's not about finding sin and getting rid of it. God already took care of that. Jesus has already taken care of all the sin. We don't need to, get, to be focused on it. Let God change behaviors if necessary, do what he wants to do. But that's up to him. Instead, what we are to focus on is receiving in that power and authority as we develop our abilities so that the control that our soul seeks is instead turned into the spirit flowing through us through our spirit and in, through our soul and into this world. And who knows what it will look like. It's not going to look like what we think because it's not necessarily going to be all, all about all these conversions or big churches or big meetings. It's going to be about recognizing the presence of God. That's why for us it always comes back to recognizing his presence, that he's there and he's here, he's real. And it's not because we imagine, but because we experience. And and you can't miss him. And there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of things we need to struggle with and come to the conclusion that God is not under obligation to explain himself. Why is there evil in the world? Why is there suffering? Why is, you know, why does he let the devil live? Now we know some answers to those, but they're not easy answers. And we often go, well, if I was God, I'd never let that happen. Well, you're not God, and he did let that happen. And he may tell us why, he may not. That's his prerogative. But don't get distracted by it. 
what is it that the Lord is drawing you into now? So he's dealing with instructing you to develop your God-given solical abilities. And at the same time, he's asking you to go with him to heal your soul, restore your soul. Now, most of the wounds any of us suffer were suffered when we were little children. Not to say that we don't suffer, you know, rejection and and any other, you know, um, injuries to our soul at any time during our lives. But how we deal with those is going to be based on what we learn as when we're little kids. So if we believe lies from our childhood, those lies are going to filter everything that goes on into adulthood and throughout our adulthood. Lies about who God is, who we are, who others are. So while we're working on developing our abilities, God also invites us to participate in that restoration process. Now, a lot of the times, by the time he makes us aware, this is an area I want to talk to you about, he's done most of the work. Now, let's talk about, you know, wounds of rejection. We all have wounds of rejection. There's two kinds of people, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. Why? Why do we know everybody has wounds of rejection? Because it goes back to the nature of our soul. The nature of our soul is to control in order to meet our needs. When your needs aren't met, we interpret that as rejection. We have a hole. We didn't get to fill it. Somebody failed us. So when we start out with that assumption we, and we say, okay, God's doing it. You know, God's failing to meet our needs. Or our parents are failing to meet our needs. Or our spouse or our friends or ourselves. We're not able to protect ourselves. Those are all lies that we have come to believe. And now God is saying, okay, those are lies that must come to an end. And I'm ready to end them by meeting those needs. What that looks like for you is going to be different than what it looks like for others. Now there's, you know, like rejection is a pretty common, I think that's 100%, we've all been rejected or rejected more. You know, in, in Adam and Eve, we were all rejected by God for a purpose. But now we're all rest- being restored by God for a purpose. So we're learning how the, the solical gifts work, how the supernatural gifts work. And you've got them, and you're, you're working on them. What do you do with them? Well, just as God wants you to set up specific time to learn about how your, your abilities work, 
and he wants to set up certain times with you to sh- to bring you into the process of what he's doing in your soul the the process of restoration of reuniting your soul and spirit so we don't do one or the other exclusively it may feel like you're spending 99% of your time on one thing and 1% on the other, and that's fine. Let God determine that because it's still 100%. You're still on his path. You're still abiding by his purpose for you. But you can. part of our process is to learn to depend on him for creating the circumstances that are necessary for you to learn how your abilities work and, you know, conversely, how your, how your soul receives the power and authority that he wants your soul to receive. So it's not one or the other. It's both at the same time. It may be out of, you know, it may not seem like it's at all equal, and that's fine. Again, just think, you know, Jesus himself had to learn how to heal people, how to raise the dead, how to speak publicly, how to keep his mouth shut. He had to learn how to turn water into wine. He had to learn everything he did, just like you and I. So we're in good company. It's okay to learn. It's okay to make mistakes. We don't hold it against whether it's not about whether it's received or not or or rejected. It's part of the process of learning. And the same way is, you know, as God heals us, it not, doesn't necessarily mean we're going to feel better. We've we've talked before about you can be in the middle of a depression and at the same time feeling great victory. Now, over time, that depression is less and less and that fear is less and less. But we don't judge God's success based on how we feel our emotions. So... We will be getting back together again the same time next week to pick it up here. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.